Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. We are Mackie and Judd with Rami, but without Rami today because boyfriend of the year alert, his, uh, his girlfriend loves Dwayne Wade, and Dwayne Wade is playing his last game in Milwaukee, and she's from Milwaukee, and so he said... I got to get her tickets, and we're going to go to Milwaukee. Oh, that's where he is? Good for him. We're like, okay. that's orchestrating as we build up to the opener. Uh, but great to be in the brew hall with the garage doors open, 46 degrees, I think, outside. And how comfortable does this feel? It's awesome. It's magnificent. It, yeah, who, who would have thought like two weeks ago when it was yeah. 50 below zero and we had eight yeah. feet of snow on the ground? Let's go in the way back machine, sir. Wow, if here I'm we go. Not, if I'm not mistaken... It's hottest. Well, well your, your association with, with the Wolves is well known for a long, long time. But I think what people probably don't recall at this point is if, correct me if I'm wrong, you came here in the 80s to work for the Strikers. Is that correct? I did. I okay. Could. Indoor soccer team. Yep. Met Center. Yep. Nice, nice franchise. Successful. But my gosh, as you sit here today and like people are streaming into this soccer venue that is for, you know, just... So nice. What thoughts flood your mind about the day that you stepped off the plane here? And it had to feel a little bit odd at the time to be like, I'm going to work for an indoor soccer, which which was popular here. Yeah. But, I mean, what's flooding <clears throat> through your head as you now see a sport that you loved in its purest form being embraced in so many ways here for a guy who probably came here a bit on a lark? And I would guess that you did not come here saying, I'm staying forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could take that in so many different directions. I actually came to the United States in 1978 and uh, became the, uh, uh, the general manager of the Pittsburgh Spirit in the MISL. So uh, I, my baptism in, in professional soccer in this country with Edward J. DeBartolo on the San Francisco 49ers, Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, and then the Pittsburgh Spirit. Six years with him, came here to work for Joe Robbie and the, uh, the Minnesota Strikers and came to this climate. I can remember flying in and clear blue sky it was beautiful and then i got on that jetway off the plane and it was like minus 30 <laughs> and i said oh my lord <laughs> you know what is what is this place and and here we are all of those years later and uh, this is my home uh, i became an american citizen here uh, you know my kids um, were brought up here uh, they went to high school here um, uh, this has become you know the place where i i, I just love to work and play and raise my family and just for me at this stage of my career having been 26 years with the wolves to know that a professional soccer team was building a stadium in this market in the mls a year old when i got there not even um knowing that i could be part of that uh, at this stage of my career is just incredible so for me to be here today you're right 
on the tail end of my career, I'm not at the beginning of my career, but on the back end of my career, just to be here and be part of what is going on in soccer today in this marketplace, 14,500 season ticket members, 5,000 people on a wait list, sold out clubs and premium seating. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, Chris Wright, CEO of Minnesota United FC, is with us. Mackie and Judd with Rami today. And if, if you're listening live and uh, you're wondering what you're going to do on a beautiful 45, 50-degree day, no clouds in the sky, we're watching March Madness at a beautiful soccer stadium right now. So come on out. It's the grand opening of not only the team store but also the brew hall here at Allianz Field. Um, and obviously you can hear Minnesota United Games and the Adrian Heath Show and the Crafty Rogues all on Score North. Uh, so, so I feel like sometimes it's easy for us as Minnesota sports fans the last 25 years to be jaded, and it's, we're a very cynical bunch. And really? thank, thank you, Lynx, for giving <laughs> us championships. But Timberwolves, Wild, <laughs> Vikings, uh, and now Minnesota United on the list as well. And who am I missing? Timberwolves. Um, it, I, if we can separate people wanting championships from the health of sports in this town how would you speak toward this as a sports town a sports metro area yeah i i, I think you know like, like every franchise you you have your very sort of uh, partisan followers you have the fans that are in it for the long haul day in day out regardless of team performance they associate with the team and um I, and then i think you've got a lot of fair weather fans as well who are you know uh bandwagon jumpers depending on how a team is performing and and i think you know it's very difficult at times to understand the health of different sports franchises given the roller coaster ride that they might be on from a win loss standpoint so we were able to build a Lynx franchise um uh, not only on the on the court but also in the stands uh, and we we have a very reputable um, sort of reputation, if you like, in, in, in the world of women's sports because of what we built there. What, what is amazing about MNUFC is, is just the, um, the number of people now that are associated with the game. Uh, we're making them um, believers in this franchise. We are becoming their team. Um, you know, I, I use this stat all of the time, and this is from the University of Minnesota, but there is 250 la 251 languages spoken in the Twin Cities area. That means that whether you're first, second, third generation folks from all over the world, you, generally speaking, were brought up with this world's game, this beautiful game, soccer. And so you, you followed their national team, you, you have a, a, a team that you follow, a club team that you follow. Can we as a club somehow unite and inspire that community for us to be their team and bring this community together around those 251 languages that are spoken, can we become their team? And I think we're making inroads uh, as to do that. I mean, the fact that we are going to be pretty well sold out for every single game this season, 20,000 people here on a game-by-game -game basis, speaks so well to the health of our club, the MLS Soccer in the state of Minnesota. So are your fans, in your uh, research on this, are they largely also fans, for instance, of the Vikings, the Wolves, or is this a very soccer-specific fan? No, I think, I think you have two segments. Um, you know, we, we, we take a look all the time at sort of market segmentation and, you know, who are your fans, where do they come from, you know, what do they follow, both demographically, psychographically. We, we have a lot of data on a lot of people who sort of follow the MLS, follow our franchise, etc. So you generally have two core channels that your fans sort of exist in. Um, they are 
uh, die-hard soccer fans, number one. And so you, you have that whole channel of fans who, this is their game. Um, they, they will be MNUFC fans, but they might also be Premier League fans, uh, uh, La Liga fans, Liga Mex fans, uh, Bundesliga fans, and uh, you know, watch games from all over the world. The, the other segment is really the sports fan who has some level of interest in maybe one of the sport or two of the sports, and soccer is part of that mix. And one of the jobs that we have to grow our fan base is really how do we appeal to that fan group rather than any of the other sports? What is it about our sport? What is it about our narrative? Is it, is it the time of the game? It's two hours in and out. Um, you know, is it, it's free-flowing. Um, it, n- not a lot of stops. There aren't many commercial breaks. Chris, it's not baseball. Yeah, <laughs> you're not trying to figure out how to shave 20 <laughs> seconds off 18 commercial breaks. I said it, not you, but it's not baseball. <laughs> that was not what I said. <laughs> Although I think I think what we can see, I want Adrian Heath when he's gonna when he's gonna make a substitution to a wear a full uniform and walk out to the middle of the field and take that player out. That would be great. I should the southpaw. I should try and fit into Adrian Heath's uniform as well. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit smaller than I. So oh. so one we we love sort of the the talking about the health of sports and trends in sports and if you look 50 years ago in this country this was a baseball boxing horse racing country when it came to sports fandom right now the numbers would show it's much more of an nfl nba uh maybe even mixed martial arts when it comes to combat sports soccer gaining steam what do you think in the next evolution of this because we'd be foolish to think that well it's it's going to be the same for 50 years. Where, what is soccer's place in this country? Maybe even start locally and however you want to answer the question for the next 25 to 50 years. Do you think? Yeah, so, so I mean, there's, there's lots of different ways to answer that question as well. And I'll, I'll try to be sort of politically correct. But I, I, I think that every single sport has its issues um, and its strengths. And I, th- I think we could dissect actually every other sport and say, okay, what are the issues inside of that sport currently you you picked on baseball. I, I'm not going to pick on baseball, but what, what are the issues inside of baseball today? Why, why isn't it necessarily growing um, either as a spectator sport um, or as a participant sport? Um, what, what is it? Uh, why, why, what's happening inside of the football world relative to participation and, and spectators? Um, how do you touch those sports? What are the numbers that would sort of quantify for you what is happening inside of those sports? What I can tell you is that there, two sports are really growing exponentially right now. We, we look at it through something that we call a wall number. Wall is watched, attended, listened. It's basically the number of fans that are coming in contact with your sport. And watch can be on any Anything. Platform. Streaming. It could, it could be a lot of different things. Social media, digital, etc., etc. So, And we're just seeing our growth curve go off the charts right now. Um, basketball is off the charts right now. Um, it's growing like crazy. And, and, and it, it, it's easy to understand why that is happening on the participant side relatively inexpensive, easy to organize. Um, you know, we, we have a little bit of a problem inside of the soccer world relative to pay, pay to play versus sort of uh, uh, free clinics, free leagues, etc. for kids who are maybe in a, uh, a little bit of a disadvantaged situation. But our sport is growing incredibly. And as more generations pass through who played the game, understand the game, love the game, watch the game, touch the game, 
their kids are now playing. That's what's happening with MNUFC. When, when you take a look at the age of our audience and you look at the moms and dads who are walking around with their kids, um, all, of, all of those 30-year-olds played the game somewhere and have an association with the game. So, Chris, did soccer uh, turn a corner then? Because I, I played it, you know, and this was late... 70s as a grade school kid and at that time it was going to become the next big sport and the kicks were popular here is there a, a definitive time that you think it turned a corner or is the corner that's been turned also a gradual one in in which case soccer has become in many ways for this country a really appealing sport to people because as you said it's on a set clock it moves quickly but you're not stuck there for hours uh so is was there a definite turn in when fans ad- adapted and adopted it more in this country? Or is it also the, just the process of, in today's day and age with people's attention span, it sort of fits in perfectly now? I think it's a lot of things. I, I, I don't think it's one thing. I think we are on a growth curve. Um, but I, I, I think you could go to uh, the growth of the MLS. You could grow to the, uh, go to the international game and you could say, hey, World Cups. Uh, had a massive impact inside of this country. I think the Women's World Cup this year will once again have a massive impact on on women's soccer inside of um, our country. I I, I think that uh, the the diverse nature of our country uh, today, and if you look at all of the different ethnicities now uh, that make up communities in uh, major cosmopolitan areas, I think that's a piece of it. I think that... um, um, the, the standard of play, now that it's getting better, it's, it's a better game to watch, and therefore people who necessarily don't understand the game fully find it a, an easier watch today than back in the day it would be, oh, zero zero game. You know, I, I, I watched it for 90 minutes, I didn't see a goal. Today people appreciate a zero zero tie for whatever reason. They understand the tactics of the game, etc. So I don't, I don't think it's one thing. I think it's been on this massive growth curve, and I think... Um, the upside is just incredible. Look at, look at the interest today in franchises in the MLS. Uh, we have cities fighting over the next MLS franchise. Yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't have said that that was in place 10 years ago. Yeah. Chris Wright, thanks for joining us. Not at all, guys. Enjoyed well, it. What else do you want to tell uh, fans who are listening? We've got the opening of the, of the Brew Hall today and the home opener on the horizon coming up in a few weeks here. Anything else you want to yeah, shout we, out to Yeah, we, we have about uh, 10 events uh, like this, um, different sort of uh, spaces that we have inside of um, Allianz Field uh, are being baptized, christened. Uh, we call them commissioning events. Uh, we have two more this, uh, this weekend. Um, and then, obviously, a massive build to opening weekend. Uh, we've just announced Men in Blazers. Yeah. Um, at the Oddway on, um, <laughs> on, on Friday evening beforehand. So we're going to have a massive show there in front of 1,900 people. We'll have a few beers in St. Paul on Friday night to um, you know, have a great time there. And then we have a massive day on that Saturday as we play NYCFC. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming okay, over. Okay, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much. That's Chris Wright, the CEO of Minnesota United uh, FC. Mackie and Judd with Rami, without Rami today. Uh, watching Dwayne Wade, huh? Watching Dwayne Wade, being boyfriend of the year here. What a guy. But uh, we are live until 6 o'clock. The Brew Hall is open until 7 o'clock. It's the grand opening. And we've got March Madness on. Our guy Manny was sweating his number two seed Tennessee there for a while. Virginia, yeah, that was close for a while. Virginia almost lost to another 16 seed. But they pulled away, right? They did. But okay. they were losing by like 14 points at one point to a 16 seed. <laughs> That's remarkable. That's ridiculous. Um, we have uh, Write That Down today, and a, and a special guest predictor, Callum Williams. And I heard that there might be a cricket 
Write that down. Oh, Jonathan told me. Jonathan threatened it. I didn't. And I'm running anything. with it. I'm running with yeah, it. Though. Those games never something. end, though. How are you? How are we supposed to have yeah, they, they, these predictions? Have to be. Well, it might be the quicker cricket. There's two. There's two. Right. Okay. There's a longer cricket and yes. a quicker cricket. Yes. Okay. There's a couple different. Say that fast. Yeah. <laughs> quicker cricket. Woo. Um, let's come back though. I've, I've I've got another patino narrative I want to poke holes in with you. And you yeah, were, you just got back from you Des Moines can't get local yesterday. Local players, so I'm not sure what that's going to be. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that when we come back to Allianz Field's brand new brew hall. Mackie and Judd with Rami and Federated Mutual. All right. We got Jonathan Harrison out here. We've got loyal listener Dan, who helped me climb 53 steps in the Capella Tower and now a few on, weeks ago, and raising now, money for LLS. Not surprisingly, not, on beer number two. <laughs> that's not beer number one. That's beer number two. Well, yours is sitting back behind the sign. Because I have to wait. In fact, I, stop you earlier, in no, fact I was told by our our uh, our social media guide Seth that my taste test is up on Twitter from earlier today that I did. But I only took one sip of each, which was to extremely hard to do. I think, yep. the, I think we just don't want you to be like there it is, two minutes bombed and stumbling through the, the show here. What would be different about that ordinarily? So two minutes, <laughs> two minutes, eight seconds of me going through a litany of beers. And I will say this. I'm not a big cider guy, but the beer that I have in the middle there is a cider, yeah. and it's really good. I often find ciders to be a bit too tart for my liking. Oh, look and listen to you. No, I'm serious. But this, the Apparently cider that they've got here. Turn, turn into the beer show? The cider <laughs> that they got. Last night. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving the pub some pub because the cider's really good. Yeah. Now this Judd is, has the puns. Oh, this is hitting everybody. I wasn't doing it as bad, but you're right. I'm afflicted with the puns. Can I say this is, this is not, and we'll move off this and come back to it later, but like this is not meant to be an infomercial. We just wanted to come hang out at the No, but I like to talk about beer. And this place is bleeping awesome. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's outstanding. It's an amazing stadium, and plus the sun is shining, and this is the warmest day we've had in six months, it feels like. But TV's everywhere, 96 taps. So this you is know what this makes the, it? Best bar in St. Paul now. Target Field, best bar in Minneapolis. And O'Gara's is dead for the time. O'Gara's is, yeah, exactly right. This is now the best bar in St. Paul. Yeah, so Mackie and Judd with Rami, minus Rami today. And we're hanging out at Allianz Field's brand-new brew hall for the next uh, hour and a half here. So, so if you're listening live, come hang out with us. Come make fun of us. We're even, like, if people want, I don't know, we got some swag here. If anyone, if anyone wants stocking caps, you just have to come up and, like, ask Judd, basically, for, uh, yeah, we'll give you one. for a stocking cap. But <laughs> we're going uh, to keep an eye on March Madness stuff here, too. But one thing we didn't talk about yesterday, I've been thinking of all these, and I get it. I'm on a soapbox, a Richard Pitino soapbox here, because they just won a game in the NCAA tournament, and it's really easy. If they get beat by 40 tomorrow night, okay, I, I probably can't be on soapbox the same soapbox. Okay. But here's another Richard Pitino narrative that drives me nuts. Uh-huh. He can't bring, he doesn't get in-house talent. He, either he doesn't get in-house Minnesota talent, or he hasn't brought in great talent. And if you just start going down the list of people who contributed in a win against Louisville yesterday. It's so apparent how absurd that is. You read right? my column. And I didn't yet, but we're on the... I think you didn't on, read my column I think yet? we're on the same page with this. So, <laughs> Hold I mean, on, you sent me down there and you didn't read my column yet? Really well, I, read, I, read your, I read your game blog. I read oh, okay. Your, your it was really, for, the column is really pretty good. People should read it. And I watched all your videos, but I haven't read everything. On I don't website. expect you to I watch those. Yeah. So, Amir Coffee. Let's start with Amir Coffee. Richard Pitino 
can't, can't get in-house, in-state talent, and he doesn't bring in talent, period, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Amir Coffey was uh, Mr. Basketball, Minnesota, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. And he brought him in, and Amir Coffey's the one who's taken over the Purdue game. He took over large chunks of that game against Louisville yesterday, and he's one of the best players in the conference, period. Just, he is. Yep. And he's probably going to get some run in the NBA at some point. Uh, Jordan Murphy, not an in-house guy, but turned into one of the two or three greatest rebounders in Big Ten history over four years mm-hmm. and one of the best big men in gopher basketball history. And if he was a couple inches taller, would probably be a 10-year NBA player, but he's six foot six, and it's going to be really hard for him to play power forward. Um, I would say you can chalk that up to great recruiting and bringing in talent. Gabe Kalsher, he's yeah. kind of the forgotten one. First of all, he's a Minnesota guy. And he was one of the three or four best in-state recruits. He wasn't Trey Jones, but he just hit five three-pointers in an NCAA tournament game. Yep. And he's going to be most likely a, a four-year rock-solid player who shoots lights out for you and maybe only gets better. Uh, Daniel Aturu. Daniel Aturu is, I think, the second or third best player in the state. Again, not Trey Jones. He's not, not Tyus Jones. Right. But three guys though blocks a bunch of shots, shoots a bunch of uh, but three. But three local kids played yeah. enormous roles in their success on Wednesday. Yeah, NBA frame that he thing. maybe grows into at some point yes. might play in the NBA. Like just look, like look at the players on the court and yesterday. That's Patino's point. Yeah, that, that's what Patino said Tuesday. I know I did, basically I know I, I've not gotten the Trey Joneses, but to say but for the narrative to be I don't get local guys is it's, incorrect, it, and he's exactly right. And and. They had, in that game yesterday, and when this team has been successful in 2018-19, they've had at least three in-state kids play major roles. Like, if you want to get on Patino, the swing and the miss of all time, I guess, is Isaiah Washington. Yeah. But as far as far as basically thinking, well, you don't keep the best guys in-state, that's not true. And, and again, uh, to go to this discussion that we had on yesterday's show, I would say this. Who's going to keep that that one percentile here? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not just one person. Yeah. That's having sustained success where you're considered a basketball power because those kids are going to basketball powers. And if the answer is well, there's only ten coaches in the country that can get those players to stay in Minnesota, and they're all at Duke, Kentucky, and Gonzaga. Right? Like if Mark Few came to coach the Minnesota Gophers, yeah, okay, which, maybe. Which was Dan Munson though. Sure, but that was Dan Munson before. Like, that was, they were still an indie. They were playing, like, first half. And now they're playing, now Gonzaga's yeah, but playing Mark, stadium. But if Mark Few comes here and he has success, he's still not going to keep all, all the, those kids. I'm, yeah, I'm not still a Patino going to, they're apologist, go to yeah. but, but Patino, Patino is, yes, there have been missteps. But this also comes back to the point of he's 36. Yeah. And this very well might be a work in progress. And if you can, if the choices are, Let's just change coaches again to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Or this guy's 36. He's certainly not been perfect th- the whole time, but he's not exactly terrible because he's not. He's, yeah. a pre- he's a pretty good coach, and he's going to grow and develop with the program and stay here. And you can't – the problem is we can't sit here being like, but if he's too successful, he's going to leave because we do that all the time. Yeah. And, and you just can't – yeah, you can't do that constantly. But, yeah, he's done some very good things. And he has definitely kept a, a certain echelon of talent in the state. Yeah. What was your number one observation about the team in Des Moines yesterday? That might have been the peak of Patino's six years. Incredibly yesterday. well prepared for their opponent. Incredibly. So, like, if, if you want to talk about in-game coaching or not, that's fine. 
but if you want to talk about from the second they found out that they were going to play the Cardinals on Sunday up until that game, mm-hmm. the preparation for that game and having a game plan and knowing what they could exploit against that team was really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say not not having been in the arena but just watching the game on TV, self-assuredness. They went in it they didn't have jitters they didn't have well they they did at first but both teams did and that's that's understandable sure. yeah like but, after the first three or but four I told minutes you, or so to me the, to me well, one of the key points of that game and it's a small thing but it was really early on Kelsher got the ball outside for and he could have taken a three and he didn't and i thought you know what if he takes that shot and makes it the dynamic of this game changes and a couple of uh, possessions after that they came down the floor and he took it made it and the tempo or feeling of that game from that second on completely changed. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking right now just, just to keep people posted who are uh, hanging out with us live. So Tennessee avoided losing to a toothpaste tube, Colgate, today, 77-70. to 70, But they were losing late in that game. Virginia was down by double digits to Gardner-Webb, a 16 seed. And people were starting to wonder is this going to be back-to-back years where virginia oh. loses to a 16 seed they wound up winning by 15 yeah 71 to 56 arizona state losing to buffalo right now that's a bobby hurley against his old team buffalo and wisconsin oregon looks like they're tied at 25 at halftime <laughs> so here's my here's my theory we're seeing so we saw a 15 seed beat michigan state three or four years ago yep. 16 seeds putting up fights now and maybe this is just revisionist history. I remember as a kid in the early 90s, mid-90s, these 16 versus 1 games 25 years ago were jokes. Mm-hmm. They were 40, 50-point tune-up games, and you rested your starters in the second half. And now, like, the blowouts are maybe 25, 30-point blowouts, and I would say 50% of the 16 versus 1 games are like, oh, this team's hanging it. They're only down by 7, and it's almost halftime. But then you start to think about, let's take Duke, for instance, in the early 90s. Duke had, Duke had, so Christian Leitner was basically a 22-year-old NBA player playing college basketball still, right? Correct. Grant Hill, these guys who played Bobby three, Hurley. four years. Yeah, these are NBA players Correct. that are playing in college basketball as a unit when they're 21 or 22 years old, and those guys don't really exist anymore. The one and done changed it. The 16 seeds are the same. It's just a bunch of scrappy guys who were rejected by big schools, and they're four-year players, right? But the yep. but the top end of it, you don't. Get, they're a bunch of freshmen and it, sophomores. If I'm not or mis- non-NBA players. If I'm not mistaken, if you go back and look the uh, the Gopher Final Four team that we are not to speak of, but we will. <laughs> one one of the things with Clem, as I recall, was was when. The one-and-dones were coming into vogue, and, and, and or at that time, I think kids were going in, into the draft. Clem's whole thing was, I, I want to coach kids and have them here. And now, granted, kids who were going to be one-and-done weren't knocking down the door here. But the point was, I think if you look at that 97 team, I think it was a lot of older players. And so they had this, so they basically went into the tournament as a team, as opposed to, you're new, you're new, you're new, you're not new, and that's it. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think that's the, if you can actually keep a roster together in college basketball, it at least gives you a chance. Uh, hey, it's Ike Opara, everybody. What's going on, Ike? <laughs> How are you? Welcome to Score North. Yeah. Uh, can you guys hear me in here? Yeah. Like, they can hear you. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. Tell them anything you want. <laughs> yeah. Tell these fans here, exactly make, what you think. Make fun of the oh, bartender. And no, see what happens. no, 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 no. <laughs> well, maybe if I get a couple drinks. But I was going to say, <laughs> ask for a beer and get me one, and I'll drink it with you. <laughs> What's it, like 90-something on tap? 
96. 96, yeah. Judd, that's right, so Judd, that's Judd, one. Judd sampled a few of them earlier today. Yeah, they're very good. Right. It's quality. So it's going to take a week to get through that. No problem. I feel like... <laughs> take you a week. <laughs> no, no chance. I feel like your, your pregame routine could maybe swing up here you know, a couple hours before the game starts. <laughs> you know, I, I can incorporate that. I'll find some time in my schedule, maybe between warm-ups and uh, the, the national anthem. I don't know. <laughs> Just run right up here. Yeah, why not? So for uh, for the audience, uh, Ike Opara, new defender for uh, Minnesota United. Uh, you were the 2017 Defender of the Year in MLS. And uh, 15 career goals in 150 games, which for a defender is uh, is a lot of goals. But Minnesota, so you're, correct me if I'm wrong, but your wife is from Minnesota? Uh, from Nebraska. Nebraska, Yeah, she okay. just has, uh, her, her sister is a residency up here. Got it. Brother-in-law. Okay. So, so you're not super new to Minnesota. No, no, no. I uh, actually spent New Year's Eve uh, in St. Paul. Uh, we got Airbnb. Her family came up. Um, and so, yeah, we, uh, you know, we're the, they were the unofficial tour guides, um, you know, of, of, of St. Paul. And, and when you're on the road for the road team, all you really see is the hotel and then the stadium. And so I finally got to see, you know, neighborhoods uh, in the St. Paul and Minneapolis area. And so it was, it was nice to, to see more than, you know, what you only see on the road. Yeah. A bit cold, though. The last couple months have not been, let, let me just assure you, it's ordinarily, it's bad, don't get me wrong, <laughs> it's ordinarily not as bad if you've been back in the past couple months. Yeah, well, what's... Until it, today, which is great. Yeah, no, it's great today. Week's been um, great. You know, my, well, my parents immigrated, uh, they went to the Mayo Clinic, actually, in, oh, okay. in the early 80s, and I don't know if this is true or not, maybe my dad just was, you know, because my dad likes random facts, he was like, I think it's the coldest winter since, you know, we left Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, nice. Of course that happens. <laughs> no way. So, so two years ago when uh, in, in Minnesota United's first season in the MLS, it was the home opener at TCF Bank Stadium was a blizzard, and it was yeah. 20 degrees. Uh, do you welcome that? If that happens, let's say, and we hope it doesn't, but if that happens, <laughs> does, like, does that scare you? Do you welcome that? Um, Have you played in that? I before? don't welcome it, no. Um, <laughs> I was actually in Topeka, Kansas watching that game. Uh, randomly, um, and so I remember watching it uh, and being like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I couldn't believe that. And my brother-in-law loves the Orange Ball. That's all he talks about. Yep. And so now that he's up here, he's like, "I can't wait to see you playing the Orange Ball." <laughs> and I said, "Well, you've been wanting it for now three years, so I'm going to make sure you're at that game, freezing with the rest of us." <laughs> exactly. Uh, so yeah. So hopefully uh, it get to that point. Ike Opara is, uh, is hanging out here. And if you're just joining us, Mackie and Judd, we got Jonathan Harrison here, who is the pre-, half-, and post-game host for Minnesota United uh, broadcast on Score North on 1500. And we're here for the – we're here because it's an awesome stadium, and we're going to be here a lot during the summer. But this is the grand opening of the team store, and it's the grand opening of the brew hall. And, and Judd and I are – we're soccer fans. We don't go super deep with X's and O's. We don't – go super deep beneath the surface but jonathan does okay. and and uh, we like to just sort of step back when we have soccer players and coaches and executives on so jonathan can ask in-depth sometimes nerdy questions so fire <laughs> away jonathan harrison to Ico para i guess what's the for you what's the biggest change you've noticed now that you're on the loons this year from being kind of looking in from the outside last year what's the biggest change for the for you this season yeah um i would say the big one is you know i i know the it's okay. Sorry. Get it out. Yeah, it's getting emotional. <laughs> this, man, this man needs a beer. Stat. <laughs> yeah, it's been really tough. No. Um, <laughs> they. Uh, the <laughs> so yeah, I know the first couple of years, you know, we you know haven't 
you know, been up to par in, in what we want as a club. And, you know, being on the outside on a different team, you know, your perception is usually negative. You got a stigma that, you know, is attached with Minnesota United. Um, and so, you know, when I came here, I, all those perceptions and, 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 you know, whatever thoughts that I had were, were quickly, um, you know, d- dissipated. You know, it's a very professional club, a very ambitious club. Obviously, this new stadium is, is going to help with a lot of things. Um, but, you know, it was one of those things where I go, okay, so the per- perception hasn't been the reality. And oftentimes it isn't. Um, and it's been it's been refreshing uh, for me, you know, in, in the next step of my career to, to, to take on, you know, kind of a challenge that's a little bit is different. It's kind of brand new. I know it's our third year, but it still feels brand new, especially with the stadium coming in. And, um, and so just the potential, you know, to, to help build a legacy and get this club going the right way, I think, has been, uh, you know, one of the, 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 the motivating factors for myself and a lot of guys in our locker room. What's it like to have a guy like Ozzy Alonso in front of you instead of having to play <laughs> against him? Ozzy was one of those guys, and, and, and again, this kind of happens with a lot of players in MLS. You you play against them, and mm-hmm. you, there's always like one or two per team that you just dislike, and you want to just kind of wring their neck a little bit yep. if you got a chance. Ozzy was that guy when he was in <laughs> Seattle. It's like if I could ever get my hands on Ozzy, I would love to just. But you know, now that he's in a lot, he's an awesome guy, a really nice guy. And then it happens with I can't tell you how many people that happens in the MLS with, but uh, and then having him on the team, just seeing his IQ level and what he brings, uh, mm-hmm. is it, going to be very helpful. Did for, you tell you know, him that? Um, that, yeah. that you that, that there's maybe not the ring his neck part, okay. <laughs> and maybe I'll tell him on Monday. It's out but there now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Listen, Don't sweat it now. It's not that I wouldn't say it to his face. I would. I just you know I, I just told him like I I know, and then he said kind of the same thing. But it was about a couple other players on on that sporting team, and I loved hearing it because I was laughing. Um, so you know, it was one of those that we, we you know it's just, we laugh about it, and we're glad we're teammates uh, now. So who who's the the most despised player in your mind? in the league right now <laughs> who's who's the guy who you know, like goes around and either trash talks a ton or <sighs> or give me two or three so we can spread it out a little bit okay um and tell me what they do because i'm curious in soccer what guys do to tick you out i'm trying oh man felipe martins vancouver now is up there with a lot of guys uh, Sebastian Blanco is up there with a lot of guys. Uh, and it's just more so how the demeanor, how they carry themselves, uh, their reactions, um, especially when they're 100% in the wrong, uh, <laughs> you know, is, you know, rubs you the wrong way. Um, so I think that those are Do the... Do they complain a lot to, to reps yeah. as well? Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. what and, and that's ticks you off? That'll get you, that'll get you, you know, on, on the top of a lot of guys' lists. Um, one of my good friends, Benny Fellhaber, I know is disliked by a lot of people. I would probably dislike him too if, if, I, if I was never his teammate. Uh, so yeah, just uh, those are some of the guys for sure. See, Watson, Jamie Watson was telling me that the soccer trash talk is much more high level, and it's it plays. It's more of a psychological warfare. He was telling me when he played in uh, in MLS, I don't know, eight ten years ago, he would stand next to opponents ready to fire up PKs, and he would just kind of cozy up and say things like, you know. Uh, We've been scouting uh, pretty much all week. We know you're going left here, so I mean, you can you can go left if you want to, but I I, I don't know if I'd recommend that. Are you? Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't even know if you can go right. To be honest with you, but he knows you're going left right now. So good luck. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. what do you do? I don't know. Punch him. Uh, <laughs> you punch him. <laughs> at least just give him a little jab so the referee can't see it. Well, now with VAR, you got to be really careful. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. Really careful. That, yeah. That's got to be a pain as a player now. You're getting called for stuff you used to be able to get away with. Uh, 
I mean, if it's off the ball, it deserves to be called, to be fair. Uh, I mean, point of VAR is to catch the, the, the incorrect calls, the clear and obvious. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get away with anything these days. So uh, it doesn't really affect me much. I, I, that's not really my, my, my style. Uh, but, yeah, some guys are probably, you know, have to think twice about it. Hey, you had, uh, I heard that you had a chance to meet Derek Rose and Steve Kerr yeah. earlier this week when the Warriors were in town. What was that like for you? Uh, it, was, uh, it was good. It was fun. It was, uh, you know, they're all gracious with their time. And, um, again, it's, it's always cool to see, you know, people outside of the context of, you know, sports and get to talk to them a little bit about whatever it be, just not non-sport related. And um, it's there's so much relatability um, through sports, off of, off the field, no matter what, uh, with everybody. And so it's pretty cool to you know talk to, to guys like that. We would have seen Steph Curry, but um, Gabby, our PR, uh, rushed us out of there on accident. So and Steph was busy a daggering the Timberwolves and Rain B hitting threes. threes from the logo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Logo. No, those are layups. Yeah. For him, they are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Hey, so. How- how much does this place now, is it going to help you guys get players as well, too, to go to? Because you're going to get opponents probably come in here now and are like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. How much does that help in the potential recruitment process yeah. uh, to build a team to have a stadium like this? Yeah, it's massive. I've seen it firsthand, you know, being with Sporting Park, you know, the, the, the ability to, you know, recruit players from, you know, when they're on their way team and visiting was massive. And, and I expect this stadium to be, you know, with our fan base to be nothing less than that. Um, you know, and I think, you know, within the league, it's going to have a, a huge marketing uh, tool uh, to recruit players. And, and I'm kind of curious how the international market will be uh, because I, I think that that could be, uh, you know, it, it could it could provide a lot of, you know, benefits to fruits and fruition to, you know, bringing in high-level players, you know, with this new stadium. I think, uh, you know, from what I've gathered, you know, some of the new foreign guys, they, they knew about the stadium even before they signed. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really curious, you know, that what the route will be, uh, you know, with their thinking and mindset. Well, Ike Opara, it was great meeting you. Thanks for coming over. Uh, and problem, we'll maybe do it again sometime, yeah, all right? Sure. For sure. Right on. All right, Mackie and Judd uh, with Rami. Rami is, is off today, but we're hanging out at Allianz Field and the Brew Hall until 6 o'clock. It's open until 7 if you want to watch March Madness, if you want to hang out and, uh, and see this wonderful new soccer stadium. And uh, if you want to come and throw some verbal jabs at us, you're welcome to do that, too. It's, uh, we can handle it. Fun. Yeah, for we'll sure. Start crying. Write That Down is coming up very shortly, in which we make predictions and keep track of them every single week. We'll have a guest predictor in Callum Williams. Cool. Thank you, Declan. All right, Jonathan. So, Icopara, Yes. For our audience that doesn't follow super closely, and for us, so that's one of the best defenders in MLS yes. that we just hung out with, right? Yep. Yeah. He's. Yeah. He, as you mentioned, 2017 MLS Defender of the Year. He's widely regarded as one of the better defenders in the league. He's helped shore up the defense so far. They've had one clean sheet already this season. Yeah, he's one of the best in the league. So, are they? Uh, the, no one has given up as many goals the last two years as they have. Right. Right? Yeah. Like 100, you said 140, 140 goals. yep. So that's probably not going to be the case this year. I with, wouldn't with imagine. With what they've so. brought in. Not with what, not with what Opara can do and what Ozzy can do in front of him. Those two shoring up the defense will help a lot. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think, yeah. I think getting a, it, it, it's, it was fun to bring in an MLS or to elevate, you mm-hmm. know, a team to MLS a couple of years ago, but. Now that you actually have a badass stadium with twenty thousand yeah. people, and it's and you can you can just sort of feel like all right, this now it's you have the standing section right across the field from us. Yeah. At the end of the pitch, it'll just it's going to be an awesome awesome atmosphere here. So what what are the top stadiums now, 
This one I think this up one there, for sure. and what else? Uh, DC United's got a pretty good one. Okay. Uh, I'd ima- I think LAFC's up there as well, and then Sporting KC as well. Okay. Those are the top stadiums in the league. Why do we call it Sporting KC? That's what they wanted to Sporting. go by. Sporting it's a little. It's a soccer thing. It's a little it's a precious. Thing. It's just right? a soccer thing. You know, oh yeah, but it's a soccer thing. Sporting, yes. It's a soccer thing. They get some barbecue and what's sporting? There's a few KC. sportings, right? It's KC. Why is it that? What? Sporting is is used for a few teams, right? Yeah, there's a uh, sporting Lisbon in Portugal. Uh huh. Yeah, sporting, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> see some. Sporting. I think we should tra- <laughs> transfer it to baseball. <laughs> oh, you want this? The, base- the sporting Yankees. How about the sporting Red Sox? <laughs> The Sporting Marlins? The so they're not sporting no, at all. They're not sporting. No, they're, they're you, not. You've got to be sporting to be sporting. I don't know what they're doing, but it's clearly not sporting. It's, it's, it's something. Um, hey, quick update here. It's bracket season, and it's bracket season for Score North. We've been having some fun with some different, different brackets this month so far. And today is the voting has launched now. Mm-hmm. Your favorite Vikings backup quarterback. And uh, you guys had, well, you weren't part of the interview, but Gus, Gus Farratt was, was on, with was on with Purple Daily today. Yep. And he needs help if you're a Gus Farratt fan, because right now the final matchup is Wade Wilson versus Gus Farratt. Wade recently passing away, too. Sad. Wade put in 10 good years, mostly as a backup with the Vikings. Yeah, he went back and forth. He started a little bit, yeah. Uh, and then Gus Farratt was uh, two different stints, and right now the voting is 56% Wade Wilson. And this is the final? This is the final. This is it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So when, who did Sage lose to eventually? I think he lost to Gus Farratt. Okay, because he, go back and look he at the beat bracket. Todd Bauman, correct? Yeah. And so, okay, so some people are saying, why isn't Case Keenum part of this bracket? And the way we put it together was, if yeah. you are known more as a starter than a backup, and that's where people would say, well, he, he was known as a backup who came in, but he played the whole season. Right. He, he played all but like two or three games for the Vikings. So to me, Case Keenum was a starting quarterback. And Wade went back. Wade Wilson went back and forth too. So I, I can see the debate. But uh, where do we stand right now in the most annoying sports media oh, personality in that town? Out? Okay, hold on. It, it, I, need, it, I need a minute to pull it. It looks like the bracket is evolving, but I can't find the bracket. So I have no idea if I lost or not. Oh no! I don't think you lost. Okay, here, hold oh. on a second. Let me, Doug, you're going to make this. a deep run. Come on. Uh, no, yeah. I'm no, no. I might not. I got knocked out, and somebody took it all the way through, and I got knocked out by Collar. Which a... I mentioned to Collar, and he didn't laugh. I don't think he thinks it's nearly as hysterical as I do. Oh, he doesn't like the bracket. Oh, I wouldn't say he doesn't like it, but he didn't. But I told him about it, and I said I got knocked out by by you, and he like didn't. I, th- I thought he'd be like, yeah, that's fantastic. I should oh, were you, you guys up. playing each other? Well, in somebody, I think they're in the same so, somebody, region. Somebody did the whole bracket. Their opinion. And so I got. Oh, look at this! Up. Look at this! Wait, hold on! I'm, I got I'm, my glasses on. I'm, I'm bouncing to the Sweet Sixteen, baby. In oh, the you're getting the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, you're yeah. making it. You're making a deep run without. That's right. Seth Auger keeps kept saying to, to me. Does Phil I didn't make the know finals? that Mackie annoyed people. Oh come on! I said you <laughs> Seth, don't you listen to radio in this town. <laughs> my life's work. Seth's on Twitter people. all the time, isn't he? I was Isn't that part of his job? If, Doesn't he If see any this? old school GLers got their hands on this bracket, this guy's going to win the whole thing. <laughs> so I'm beating Arif Hassan 73% to uh, 27%. Ar- there has not been updated voting for the for the Sweet 16, well, though. So I think we've stopped it after 32. Okay, so tell me where I... Yours? Yeah, tell me where things stand. All right, so uh, let me find you here. 
This is great. I mean, uh, by the way, uh, Mark Craig is a one seed is 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 battling Chris Thomason right now. Mark Craig, fifty three to forty seven percent. Mark Craig claimed to me that he is the number one overall seed, and he was very upset that I went on the show on Thursday oh, look at, look at and said I was shocked he was a one seed. All right, so Judd, you're facing in the second round. By the way, if you're wondering what what, what are these guys yeah, talking good about, point. Tell uh, the, uh, the uh, a Twitter account Underhill Mayor. Underhill Mayor has launched the most annoying Twin City sports media members bracket of 64 people. Yeah, it was a lot. And voting is all over his Twitter account. So uh, you're up against Paul Charchian here in the second round, and you have a narrow lead with an hour and 33 minutes left in the voting. You're up 53% Oh, to come on. i got to be charged. <laughs> people, if you haven't voted, get on there and vote for me. I mean, um, and and Matthew Collar, it, it was a good run, but he's getting destroyed by Jim oh, Suhan tough matchup. here. Suhan's a tough matchup for Collar, which means you're going to face if you can if you can hang on, you're going to face former colleague Jim Suhan in the oh. Sweet Sixteen. What well, are your thoughts on that matchup? Oh, my run's done then. <laughs> I got no chance. He had ninety percent in the first round, I think, is what. Yeah, I, I stand no, I stand no shot against Jim. <laughs> but Mark Craig was upset. What's your, okay, what's your strategy to beat Jim? I don't tell, think you I can't can. tell me you don't want to beat him. I do want to beat him, but I don't think I can have one. Throw here. a hot takeout. Come on. I think no. The problem is, I, I just people. Jim's got Jim's got the ink, and people. I don't know. I can beat him now. Mark Craig was very upset because on the show on Thursday, I said I'm shocked that Mark is a top seed, and Mark said, "People, you don't believe in me. You don't think I'm annoying enough." And I said, "No, you're annoying. You're just not <laughs> top seed annoying." And Mark's like, "You didn't believe." So I told him, "I said, dude, good Here, for you." Here's the problem. So th- this bracket's all about matchups. Yep. Really, it's matchups. No question. And and your core competency as an annoying Twin City Sports media member is your negativity. Yep. So as long as you're going up against people who are more positive and yep. likable, yep. you're good. But Jim also is an, is kind of a negative guy. Yes. Well, kind of. Jim's a negative guy. Jim's a guy, negative yeah. guy, yeah. <laughs> That's I, would have no, negative guy. I have no chance against Jim. I, I would have no chance against Patrick. Yeah, Royce. There's, I mean, Royce a, he's taking there's a handful of guys that I have zero chance. I'd be curious if I met you. In, in the bracket, I, well, we're on the same side. I'd be very yeah, but we're we're not going to get there. But I'd be very curious if I met you because I think we both have constituencies of people that sort of like us, but they get it, and so it, it might be it'd be I'd be intrigued by that one. I'm going to say uh, I think I think you do a better job even than I do of riling people up on Twitter. So I think I think it would be like a 52-48 it'd be close. close defeat. And you would move on. It would but, be very but close. But you've got a battle against Jim. So I'm, if, if, well, if, I'm battling if, Church. If these, well, I think you're in. I think you're good. Okay, good. Uh, I'm up. Uh, I'm up against Aaron Gleeman in the next round. This is where, like, the NCAA tournament committee puts together these matchups on purpose. They put together and like they claim they Gophers don't? and Louisville. Oh, it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Oh, well, look at it. Bobby Hurley plays yeah. uh, 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 Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, it's you're crazy right. how that works out. You're right. I mean, Gleeman and I have, and he didn't respond to my last jab a few couple couple weeks ago about Twins payroll, but we've been mostly arguing about Twins payroll on the internet for like ten years. Yeah. So I think you I think you beat Gleeman because you're more well known. But he would get votes. I don't know if I'm more well known than Gleeman. I don't know. I, Both are pretty annoying. I, I think. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> about that. Thank you, Declan. Yeah. I love Declan. Disembodied voice. Well, chiming, in in. From, chiming in from, oh, yeah, from the Declan, heavens. Uh, just put your card keys yeah, down. I was going to say, now, and now Declan's <laughs> off the hockey show. Oh, man. This is a good run, Declan. Well, I'm, this is. Uh, 
this is just a beautiful bracket, and I can't wait for it to play out over the next few weeks. It's one of the great I might ideas. be more interested in this Final Four than the actual Final Four coming up, and I'm excited for the actual Final Four coming up. I'm almost d- d- disappointed that we didn't actually think of this ourselves and just <laughs> launch it. Now, we would have had some different seedings and a few different names, but overall, it's yeah. pretty. he did a pretty good job. Yep. Uh, I, I do think Rami has a chance to really make some noise in this if he just raises his recognition. He's only been around for yeah. a couple months. Well, if he keeps he's going got with some... the target field roof thing, he'll get yeah. he'll get on this list. He, does, he does. He says stuff just to sort of throw in jabs that will be, in a year, be tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Jonathan. Because yeah. he's the target field thing. And he will die on that yeah, hill. Oh, yeah. He like, also, that's not uh, He's in, not backing in off. In fairness, all he knows is, at least the last 10 years, he knows Miller Park well. And he's never been to a game at Target Field. Agreed. So the minute you go okay. to a game at Target Field and it's 70 degrees and sunny, like... I was completely with you until we were doing the uh, twin show a couple days ago. And, and I stuck around for the opening segment to talk about that. And that's when he suggested that if he could, he would put a retractable roof on Wrigley yeah, Field. That's, and that's when I'm like, okay, dude, I'm done That's here. just him being a shock jock. That's <laughs> I walked out. Yeah. Like, I put my headset down. I said, I'm done. I walked I'm out. Is this because he's, he's always had outdoor baseball and we've, we're, we've only kind of recently had it? Maybe. Maybe he, part of that it. That he has this idea that well, outdoor baseball is it's good, but it's not the greatest thing on planet Earth. While we've been stuck inside... For the past 20 years, and we help, finally yeah. get outside and we're like, one, oh, this is amazing. The one thing that I, I think is true in Wisconsin, and, and he, he was in Milwaukee, but it's still true. It's way more of, of a, I came from, yeah. you know, Oconomowoc or something to go to a game or a small. I drove a, a long game? ways, so they're going to play a game. Yeah. And as I told him, I don't care about those people. Like I live in St. Louis Park. Yeah, it's a so if you if you come from North it's like, Dakota, it's like the family from making a murderer, like times ten thousand at Miller Park. Exactly. Like, they don't. They haven't seen sunlight in wow. two decades. Where does that come from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Hold on a second. I I think you're getting more votes. I think you just got more votes. Good job. They're all wearing cargo shorts and Ryan Braun jerseys. We got to publicize this bracket in Wisconsin, and Mackie will clean up. Suhan has no chance against them. All right, Mackie and Judd with Rami, and we're hanging out here today at Allianz Field, the brand new and in, in the grand opening of the Brew Hall, which has 96 tap beers and food. Also, the, the team store is open today, so we're having a good time here today. We're going to be here throughout the season doing shows. When we come back, it's our favorite segment of the week, Write That Down Predictions and our weekly accountability session, digging up our wrong predictions from the past with guest predictor Callum Williams back shortly on the all-new Score North on 1500.